So this is um, this is my mom. This is uh, Rita. In case you guys don't know her, um, this is my daughter Ashley. In case you didn't know, yeah, she had a class. She had this class that she spoke on um, to the campus students yesterday, and then this week I got super busy with planning. We got a junior high retreat coming up. Um, last week we had the banquet, and I ended up to do videos for that. So I was like, you know what? You can just you just do the lesson for the teens too. I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't have time to get together with you on and do it. And then this morning we decided I would just talk here and there. So, so we're going to be all over the place. Well, just try and we'll hang in there. We'll probably butt in, you know, with each other, whatever. So the entire theme is on what? This entire weekend. Dream on. Dream on. How many of you have a dream that has to do with something spiritual? I want to throw out some dreams that you guys have. Okay, naturally, I'm not a big dreamer. Okay, are some of you like me? Is there anybody here that's not really a big dreamer? Is there people in here that are big dreamers? Raise your hand. Don't be embarrassed by it. I think God gives us that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Shout out some things that you guys feel like God has put on your heart that you dream about. What? Church plant. Church plant. Who said that? Anybody else? Church plant. Anybody? Any dreams? Any dreams? The back. Her family being saved. Awesome. I love that dream. Uh, helping lead for like a little kid's divorce care ministry. Oh, that's awesome. Leading, if you couldn't hear, she said helping in the divorce care for divorce care for kids. That's awesome. Anybody else? Probably raising my family in a good home. Raising your family in a good Anybody in here like ever dream of being a youth leader, being an Ashley, or being one of your cell leaders, Jess, or Jenna, how many, how many, raise your hands, you really do dream about it, you think, that would be so cool, I know most of you probably don't want to dream about being a Carrie, but maybe a Hannah, okay, how many of you dream that way, yeah, it's awesome, but you also know, we kind of get the, we're on in this, we have to talk about dream busters, what's some things that can bust those dreams, those dreams of being uh, working in divorce care, of being a youth leader, of being a campus mentor, of being a church planter, of being a church planter's wife, and just some of the dreams and some of the busters that come along with that. And the one we were chosen to speak on is being shallow. Now, when we talk about being shallow, and I start thinking about them like words on shallow sometimes it's kind of a negative thing, you know. Uh, somebody dug a shallow grave and threw someone in. That's not positive, you know. You're shallow in the word. You have a shallow relationship. You know, it's it's not always a good thing. But we're, that's what Ashley and I have been chosen to talk about. Now, I have, I don't know if you guys know this, but I have a great-granddaughter. And her name is Grace. And I'm going to have another great-grandbaby come August, and I'm so excited about. And it's so cool when they're little and they come to my house. And Grace will be, Grammy. Come, can we just get a book and can we read? And this is one of the books she likes to read, Joseph. And she'll go grab the book and she'll come crawl up on my lap and sit on my lap. And I love it. And we'll just start reading. Little Joseph was a shepherd boy whose wonderful dream brought him great joy. Joseph's father loved his son. Young Joseph was his favorite one. And her eyes get real big and she like can't wait till we get to the second page. That's cool, isn't it? Is that cool? Is that neat? She's five years old. That's awesome. How about Hattie comes in my house, and she's like, Grammy, will you read to me? And I'm like, sure, Hattie. Come sit on my lap, and let's read. And she's like, because I want to know more about Joseph. 
And I'm like, okay, let's pull out our book and let's learn about Joseph. Is that cute? Is that cool? What's kind of cool is she still wants to sit on my lap. Kennedy does sometimes, so does she, or wants me to sit right by her. But there's something wrong with that picture, isn't there? Why? Because she should be farther along than that. She should know the story of Joseph. She should know how the story of Joseph can apply to her life. So there's something wrong, right? At Hattie's age, or Malachi coming in and sitting on my lap, or Jackson, or any of my grandkids coming in and sitting on my lap. They should know this. They should be doing this on their own. Hebrews 5, write this down. 11 through 14 says, we have much to say about this, but it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. So he says, by this time, you ought to be which means you should be, which also means you could be at this point, but you're not where God wants you to be. You are still shallow. You're still not able to take on the solid food. You still, oh, I wish this wasn't on tape. You still want the booby. You still want to be held. You still want to be coddled. You still want your, your youth leader to spoon feed you the food you should already be taking. You should be eating steak by this time, maybe chicken. You should be eating something a little more solid, okay, than just milk. And it goes on to say, anyone who lives on milk, still being an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. You don't know what's right. You're still on the milk. The solid food is for who? The mature, who by what? Constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Did you hear what I said? By constant use. Not by an hour when I'm in cross chat or an hour in my cell group or an hour on Sunday morning when somebody's spoon feeding me all this information. But by constant use, I should be more mature than I am. I should be being trained by God's word. I should know the difference between good and evil. The sad part is we're not there, are we? So how do we become this person who is constantly studying God's word? People who are able to discern to know right from wrong. People who are no longer infants, people who no longer require a boob, who no longer require that babysitter, but are able to grow. People who are learning and teaching, not hearing and forgetting, and being retaught over and over again. And when I started thinking about this lesson, the first one that comes to mind is the shallow soil. How many of you know the stories of the shallow soil? What happens? God does, uh, what happens with the seed? What happens? Somebody tell me the story, quickly. Anybody know the story? Huh? What happens to the seed? Oh, it's just like does it, the seed doesn't grow in the... Why? Because the soil is rocky. Because it's rocky, because it's the, it doesn't go down deep, right? Okay, so I started thinking about that, and I'm like, I could do that lesson on the, sap, on the shallow soils, 
but we hear that a lot. And I'm like, I want something different. I don't want to do that one. And so the first thing that came to my mind was Psalms 119. How many of you guys know Psalms 119? How many of you know that it's what? The longest what? Help them out, Ash. The longest chapter in the Bible. So, and so today, that's what we're going to be in almost the entire time is Psalms 119. And we're going to talk about four things that you can do to deepen your knowledge of God's Word, to grow up and to understand the things that God gives us. Now, I want to give you a few stats very quickly. I lost my page yesterday on it. But very quickly, you guys are considered millennials, which is the ages of 18 to 31, okay? Kind of a big age gap, gap there. But I look, I wanted to know how many of these people in that age group actually study their Bible and how often do they study their Bible? 35% of people your age, millennials, never, never study their Bible. They never pick it up, they never read it. 35% of people in this age group. 14% study their Bible less than one time a year. 14%, 11% one or two times a year. I'm not going to bore you. I'm a stats person. I like stats, but I'm not going to bore you all with it. But guess how many pick it up daily and study God's Word? 9%. A measly 9% of millennials pick up their Bible on a daily basis and study God's Word. That's not very much, is it? 9%. And that's not even something that I look at and go, is that what you guys want to be? Yes, you want to be that. But I want it to be more than a measly 9%. But as I look over you guys, and if I ask you guys, how many of you consistently, every day, study God's Word? Raise your hands. Look around. We have nobody in here that's even a part of that 9% day. <laughs> And more disciples. Yeah, if you did, raise your hand. Okay, there's three. Three. Good. I'm proud of you guys. That's awesome. That's awesome. You guys are the Christians. This wasn't even for Christian people. And there's three of you in here that do that. Is that alarming to you? It's alarming to me. It's scary to me. And Ashley and I want to give you some steps and some things to do where you can learn to be a part of that percentage that does pick up your Bible and study it every day. But before I do that, I want to give you a test. Y'all love tests, right? You're out of school. You're missing them, right? So I thought I'd give you one. Very quickly, write down your answers. Who was Jesus' mother? Easy one, right? Who was the mother of Jesus? Write it down quickly. Who was Jesus' cousin? What's another, who's another name for Jacob? What was his other name? Some of you are like, where's the none of the above? <laughs> no, none of the above. So write down the answer. What was most likely the first gospel ever written? The first gospel ever written. What was it? Write it down. I'm going to go through these fast, guys, so write fast. Think fast. What was likely the last, the last gospel ever written? Write it down. The last gospel ever written. What was the other name for the Apostle Paul? He had two names. What was the other one? What book in the Bible did Jesus directly write? How much time was Jonah in the belly of the whale? 
How many books are in the Bible? Who did Boaz marry? Let's go through the answers. Who is Jesus' mother? Mary. Who is Jesus' cousin? Another name for Jacob. Who said that? Good job, Jess. Good job, Jess. That's one of your leaders back there. Look back there. Uh, who was likely the first gospel ever written? Huh? What did you say? Somebody say it? Somebody said John, but I was like, Mark. What was lastly the last gospel written? John. Another name for the apostle Paul? Saul of Tarsus. What book in the Bible did Jesus directly write? I can't hear. I'm sorry, I'm old. None. How many times was Joan in the belly of the whale? How many days? Huh? Anybody else want to guess? Three days in the belly of the whale. Three days and three nights. It was three days. Remember, that's apparently parallel that to Jesus in the tomb. Yep. So they can Easy remember to that remember. The Easy to remember. How many books in the Bible? List them. Just kidding. Okay. Who did Boaz marry? Ruth. You guys just took a second grade test. How does that make you feel? Does it make you guys feel deep in God's word? Or does it maybe make you feel like you're a little shallow? Now, I'm not saying, I used to go to Bible bowls when I was a kid. I could answer all the questions. I don't want you just to know the answers because you know the trivia. I want you to know the answers because it's what's going to guide your life. I want you to know how to apply all of this to your life to make your life better. I don't want you to know it just so you can answer the questions. There's, there's a lot better reasons for you guys to be in God's Word. A lot better reasons for you to know God's Word. And that's why I wanted to be in Psalms 119. The positive knowing God's words versus the negative knowing God's words. <clears throat> and I'm going to list them very quickly. You don't even have to write them down because I want you all to go back and do your own quiet time in the books of Psalms 119. So here's the positive of knowing God's Word. Peace. It brings you peace. Joy. It brings you joy. It brings you hope. Hope. Comfort. Understanding. Discernment. Delight. Insight. And freedom. You guys realize that in this world that we live today, how much money people pay to find this in their life? How many of you guys know people or yourself are in counseling because you're looking for peace? You're looking for joy. You're looking for hope. You're looking for comfort. You're looking for understanding. You're looking for all these things, and we've got it right in front of us in God's Word. And people are paying three to $500 an hour to find it. And God's going, hey, 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 girls, it's right here. It's right here. I've got all the answers you need to find this in your life. And we don't even go to it every day. We don't even go to it every week, and we don't even go to it every month. And God's like, I've got it right here. It's for you. I want you to learn this. Your youth leaders want you to learn God's word to make your life better. 
They're not doing it to punish you. They're not doing it because they're mean. They want you to have a good life. They want you to have the life that God wants you to have, that you deserve. So, what do I need to do to achieve all of these benefits that I just, I just listed? And there's even so many reasons and so many things you can do in order to have those things that we don't even have time to go through. Am I going on? That's why Ashley had to choose. Oh, <laughs> that's why Ashley and I chose four of them. Is that the one you take that? Go, go for it, Ashley. All right, cool. Sorry. All right, so um, the first thing that you guys need to do in order to kind of be that dream buster of shallowness is to be hungry to know the word. Um, there's this old, I have this actually up on a, uh, like a sign in my bedroom, so some of you guys that are at my house all the time, you may have seen this or read it. Um, it's one of my favorite old, like, I don't know what it is. I guess a little short story with a meaning. Tale. Yeah, an old tale. That's a good one for it. Um, it's a story of two wolves. It says an old Cherokee told his grandson, My son, there is a battle between two wolves inside of us all. One is evil. It is anger, jealousy, greed, resentment, inferiority, lies, and ego. The other is good. It is joy, peace, love, hope. Humility, kindness, empathy, and truth. The boy thought about it and asked, Grandfather, which wolf wins? The old man quietly replied, The one you feed. And it's a little bit different when we're talking, I think, you know, about the scripture, but I think one thing to, to when I read when I read that tale and I think about this point is that I have to know and I have to understand that we are all hungry for something. Right? There is always, I, I am a person who within, I think I have that in that tail up in my room because I'm someone who naturally constantly feels like there is a, a pool and a struggle with me in my mind. And, you know, like emotionally, this, you know, like the old, like good and evil, you know, evil, like on your shoulders. I'm someone who has to battle a mindset quite a bit, you know, um, whether that be forms of like just discouragement, feeling inadequate, you know, can struggle with depression sometimes. Um, or just, just like having the weight of the world on my shoulders, you know, I, I can feel at times. And I'm that person that, that has that inner, like, that battle, you know, so I, it resonates with me. But I think it's because, I, because I'm hungry for, for something, you know, still. And, I, and I've recognized that the older I get, that I can tame those, that, that battle within me if I feed the right thing. You understand? Um, you guys are hungry, you're hungry for a lot of things. Our society is, is as hungry for all, all sorts of things. Um, I'm going to have my mom read just some quick little stats on just time and where some of that, some, where some of that goes. Okay, yeah, Proverbs 16:26 uh, said, The appetite of laborers works for them. Their hunger drives them on. Knowing the word can keep us from wasting our life. And some of the stats that go along, is that where you want me yeah, to go? Some of the stats that go along with that. <laughs> If you are in the age of between 15 and 24 years old, you probably spend an average of 57 minutes, got that? 57 minutes a day on TikTok. You believe that? You guys believe that? I believe, you believe it. You believe it, right? That app is entertaining. That's right. The only thing, and if you actually spend more time on TikTok, then on TV, you only spend 53 minutes a day on TV, only. So here, what are we at right now? At how many hours? Two hours. Two hours. That doesn't even include, include what? Be real? 
uh, Instagram, Snapchat, y'all are too young for Facebook, you know, all of this stuff. But I understand how it can, you can be drawn into this. Because, you know why? Because I got that stupid Be Real app because my granddaughter, Grandma, you need to get this, you know, her and Chloe, you guys, yeah, you need to get this, you know. Every day, two or three times a day, you've not been on Be Real today. You've not posted your picture today. You need to get on there, post your picture. I'm like, shut up, I don't want to, you know. But it draws us in, doesn't it? Okay, I'm old, like I said, so I'm on Facebook. All my, all my groups are on Facebook. That's my excuse. Oh, I gotta get on there and check core. I gotta get on there and check my zone. I gotta check my plant, ladies. But guess what happens? I get on there and check them, and guess what? Next thing I know, I'm doing this. I'm scrolling through to see what's going on. I think it can be a tool of Satan, to be honest. And that's just, that's just a few of the things that we get drawn into. And did you have something else? No, I just wanted you to know. That was it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. That's fine. I don't know what to say now. She's not the boss of me. I don't know. Um, no, but I think, I think for real, that's just one small example. When I was, uh, when I was growing up, I grew up, I graduated from Alton High. Any more Alton High alumni? Hey. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I grew up in Alton. Um, we like to have, you guys have catchphrases. I can't even keep up with them. Uh, what is it? Bus and try it. Slay. Try me. Say something. Slay. What else? <laughs> <laughs> Queen, baddie, boss, whatever. Listen, all I'm, all I'm not, listen, all I'm saying is you ain't the OGs, you ain't original to it. Okay? We came up with words too, alright? I had we had our set also. Now I just I'm just throwing that out there just to you note that down. You learned it, okay? You learned it. Just we were a lot better at it. But one of our one of our phrases, our catchphrases, and it may be now too. I've heard it here and there, but is we used to say, "Man, she's thirsty," yeah. <laughs> or like she's hungry. You know, like that. That was two phrases. Like that. 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 Yeah. You. That. That kid. That person is thirsty. They're all. You know. You. You know the meaning, right? Yeah. Like all right. So I'm just gonna thirsty, hungry, whatever. What are you thirsty for? Because I know, I watch some of you, like, I watch some of you hungry, you hungry girls. I watch you giving your eye and your attention to the boys. I get it. Listen, I, I told, I'm, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying it's a sin. I'm just saying you're hungry for it. Okay, that, that's all I'm saying. I, I was there too. And we got some good looking boys in our youth, you know, in our youth ministry. So just, you know, keep your eyes Word right. Up. Keep your eyes right. <laughs> Thanks, so anyway, all right, so so you're thirsty for a relationship. You're thirsty to get noticed. You're you're thirsty to get that you are to get that extra like. You know, that thing that you go, really, I don't care, it's just a like. I'm just doing it because I because everybody does it. But really down deep, you know, the more you get, you know, the more you're like, oh yeah, like I'm feeling a little I'm feeling kinda of, kinda of feeling myself right now. We're, thir we're thirsty for a lot of stuff. We're hungry for a lot. Attention, you know, for our time, on social media, for all different types of things. What is your thing? What is your thing that, that you are most hungry for? And just be honest. Not, like, if you're like, to know God and keep all his decrees. I am so freaking grateful if that's you, you know? And I am that some days, but I am not that all days. If I'm being honest, you know, I'm I'm insecure and I'm, sometimes I'm just I'm just, you know, hungry to want to feel good about myself. You know, to maybe not look a little bit older every day. <laughs> you know, or whatever. So be honest with yourself. What is it that you hunger for? Let me let me have you do this actually. Pull out that little phone that you got. 
Yeah, I know I was telling you not to be on it during your lessons unless you're in your Bible app, but we're going to veer from that today. Just pull it out, go to wherever your settings, your screen time, and just look at the amount of time you spend on an app. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, everybody's like, no, girl, don't. Everybody, don't be suspicious. <laughs> like, don't look at mine. So, so just look at it. You don't got to tell me. You don't got to tell me. You don't got to tell me. Unless you got like 13 hours stacked up in your Bible app or something, you know, you, you, you don't got to say it. You got it, everybody? Does anybody care to, would anybody share. shamefully care to share? I'll share. Like maybe just one, maybe just a couple people. What is the most time, like a record time spent on something? Oh, oh well, it's restarted at the end of the week. You can go That's backwards a couple of days. <laughs> 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 just like what app it got most of your hours. Go back, go back. What app got most of your hours? What? What? 14 hours. No, bro. Hey, shut it. Bro, Chloe, what? It was on a game, Geometry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> on a game, Drew. Okay, I, there could be worse things. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else? What you got? <laughs> All right. When was that? This like today, this weekend? Um, this week. Wait, no, that's this week. Uh, what about earlier this week when we weren't at the retreat? Oh, we were. She's got some. Fifty-six minutes. Um, but. This week, TikTok. For like nine hours. All right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> okay, listen, listen, listen. Does anyone beat the nine-hour cap in their Bible app? Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. Hey, now listen, listen, listen. Hey, get back up here. I'm not. I'm on my. I'm on my phone a lot. I do actually a lot of ministry work and stuff on different apps and on my phone. So I'm not saying you guys are limited to that. And I'm, you know, I'm not trying to nitpick you. I'm just trying to get you to take a minute. And, and provide a self-evaluation where you go, hmm, I'm hungry for something. Attention, being noticed, I can't be quiet, I can't be to myself, or I have to get on something, I have to entertain my mind. I can't just meditate and put that time and that structure into God's word. You know, and, and I'm sitting here going, man, what if we were hungry for the word of God? What if we were more hungry for the word of God than that stuff? And I'm already hearing it, I'm already looking on your faces. But Ashley, man, the Bible's like boring. Uh, it's kind of hard to read, you know, like TikTok, like it makes sense. It's and there are some good Bible, like Christian stuff on TikTok. I'm not, yeah, that's why I'm, I'm giving you a grain of salt, okay? I know that there's some good stuff on it. But, you guys, the Bible's not boring. It's not, it's not irrelevant. It's not any of those things. You're wrong about that. If you think that you got a misconception and you couldn't be more wrong, it is the greatest adventure book you're ever going to pick up. It's the greatest love story you will ever read. It's the greatest battle that's ever been covered in words and imagery. A great battle of good and evil. It's interesting and it's good. Ultimately though, let me tell you, it's life-giving. It's soul-filling. It's hunger and thirst quenching, if you let it be. You guys hunger and you thirst after all these different things only to be left feeling like a bottomless pit that can never be full and never have that void filled. Don't you, don't you, you do all these things, these, all these routine things that are not within what you know God would want your time and your energy to go into, into, the, into God's word and his truth. You put it into all these things, and I don't know about you, but for me, I can scroll on that all day and I come out still feeling 
a little bit older and a little bit not good enough. You know, you can watch every makeup tutorial that you want on TikTok. I like Bailey, what's her name? She tells murder oh, stories and she talks, love her. I'm not, not, I, she's great. She, I, yeah, I, I just, I could listen to her all day. But you know what, I still got off, don't really know how to do my makeup overall. I have some education in murder history. But I also just don't feel like a different person. You know, so when you guys look at those things, you gotta sit back and go, man, like, is the things that I'm putting my hunger and my thirst into, I'm quenching these things with, does it ever fill you? Or do you still go out making the wrong decisions and trying to hook up with a guy that's gonna give that to you only to leave you feeling abandoned and left and unfulfilled again because you didn't listen to God's truth on what kind of guy you should have been messing around with? That's just one example. There's a, there's a plethora of ones that we can throw out where you guys constantly, your body, your weight, what you eat, all these things, they're important. They're not bad things. You understand? It's not bad. I like makeup. I think it's fun. I like fashion. I think it's good for people who like to exercise. I don't like it, but I think it's good for you to know what you need to do and to be healthy. It's not bad things, but they're not life-giving things at the end of the day. Only one thing can quench that within you, and it is a hunger for the word of God. The word of the world, listen to me girls, the words of the world will never, it will never measure up. It will never bring life like the creator of the universe brought. It can't. You will always feel void. And some of you go, yeah, I know. And you sit around going, man, like, but I'm a Christian. Like, why don't I feel different? I, you tell me. <clears throat> Why don't, you feel, why don't you feel different? I wonder what our youth ministry would look like if we fed that right wolf within. If we fed it with some substance, with some truth, with some security, with some friendships, with some passion, with some dreamers. And everything else that she mentioned above that Psalms talks about. I wonder, would this, this room would not be able to contain a group of girls, not even close if we hungered and fed that right thing with God's truth and with his word. So you guys recognize you might have a little bit of a problem? Because I do. I mean, I recognize it in myself. So how do I become hungry for the word of God? But you do what I just mentioned above. It's pretty simple and it's pretty hard. You gotta remember the benefits and the blessing that the word brings. God doesn't lie when he writes it down. All the things she listed about in Psalms, those things are true. They will bring you joy. You struggle with being depressed? I can sit around all day telling you how easy it is for me to sink in depression. I can tell you all day how easy it is to feed that lie. I can tell, also tell you how all day God's word when I got in it told me, get off your butt, go do something for somebody, get the focus off yourself, and focus on the things that God has given to you, and I can tell you all day long how it combats and defeats that depression and anxiety. It doesn't come close. I can tell you guys all day long how we can sit there and go, man, but I just, I don't feel like, I don't feel like there's a guy out for there for me, so I got to settle for this one. Bull freaking crap. That's not what God's word says about you. God's word goes, no, no, you're valuable. You're this, you're this. And if you actually were in it enough to let it resonate within you, you wouldn't even be messing with those clowns. They wouldn't get, the, they wouldn't get the, the time of day from you. But the good ones, the ones like, you know, my man RJ up there, that's what you get. 
That, that's what you get when you know God's truth. And you let it resonate and you hunger and you hunger for it. You remember the benefits of blessings that the word of God brings. And here's the thing. You choose to push and set away your malnutrition cravings aside for something that's going to give you life in the long run. Where you go, you know, this, this just isn't it. This may fulfill me for a moment, but God's word says it ain't going to fulfill me for the long haul. And you just, you know, have some gumption, girls, to sit back and stop. You're not weak. You're not these weak, fragile people that God just decided to throw out in here. He made, you, he made you good. He made you sturdy. He made you strong. He made you capable. And if you believed his words, not just read them, right? Like you can read them. Cool. I just said that. And you should. You should know them. But if you actually hungered for them and believed his words, you go, this battle's nothing. Not really. I can handle this because I know who has me. I know his truth. I know how to combat these things. So the next thing is knowing the word can keep you from wasting your life. I'm not going to talk about that. I am? Yeah. Where am I? I am. Oh, you want to just move to the next one? Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah we, kind of, we kind of already. What? Oh, I was going to say, can you say it again? She decided not to talk about it. Okay. She can go to the second one. I told you it was going to be like this. Yeah, we can, it's all right. They, they'll still get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just what, Ashley, I'll go back to it. Just <laughs> in, uh, in Psalms 119, verse 37, where it says, Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. And just like Ashley was talking about, there's so many things in our lives, girls, that, that the world throws at us, that Satan throws at us, and they're worthless things that doesn't help us grow that doesn't make our life any better, they're worthless. And I'm not saying, I know some people like to work out. They will not miss a workout. Is there anybody here that's like that? You're a workout fiend and you work out every day. You know, own yourself. Own yourself, yeah. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying, yeah, I wish I did. There's, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. What I'm saying is what God's word says about that is in 1 Timothy 4, 8, is that bodily exercise brings little profit. But we won't miss that workout every day. We won't miss that walk. We are not going to miss those things that Ashley was talking out about that is going to make me look beautiful or whatever is on all this stuff that comes at us. But just as a show of hands, we've already seen that we're missing what God has given us and saying. Well, and I think I think even Becca would attest to that, right? Becca, like you go, yeah. you go. She does. She's disciplined. She mm-hmm. she runs. She works out every day. But if it was just left to that in your life, what would you and do? you didn't have truth or God's word, how would the like the gym and the running profit you? Like, what would that it do? It wouldn't. I mean, should have a real cute butt. <laughs> yeah, cute little booty. I think a lot of times, you know, when it comes to working out and, you know, being fit or whatever, I work out, obviously, I work out a lot, you know, from what they're saying. But there are a lot of girls at the gym, and they're like, if I can just get here, you know, if I can make my body look like this, if I can get that six-pack, like, my life will be good. I'll be happy. And then they get the six-pack, and they're so disciplined, and they're like... I don't feel any different about myself. I still hate myself. I'm still, I still need to be better. I'm still fat. Like there's, you don't get any kind of fulfillment really from it. You know, you still just, you're still there and you're sad and you're still not where you feel like you need to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So we just basically, we have to make a decision on what matters in our lives and what is worthless in our lives. And we have to prioritize every one of those. The second thing that we have to do is be disciplined to retain God's word. Uh, in Hebrews 5, verse 14, it says that solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. And you're like, well, that's easy to say, you know. Um, I have to be disciplined in it, and I, I need to be constant in it, and that's word constant. It doesn't mean occasionally I'm in God's word and I'm being trained by it. It's constant. What does constant mean? All the time, right? It's not once a month, twice a month, once a week. It's constant use. But how do I retain it? And that's the next three things Ashley and I are going to be talking about, is how do I retain God's word? The first one is, am I, is this me or you? First two years. Okay. Is that I meditate on it. Now, how many of you guys, when you think of the word meditate, what comes to your mind? What picture? Be honest. Look, at, look, look back at that. Look at Jenna. That's what comes to my mind. Every time I think of the word meditate, that comes to mind. How many of you feel like you're good at meditating? Raise your hand. If you think you're, you're really a good meditator, raise your hand. How many of you feel like you can worry? You're a good worrier. Oh, look at all the hands you girls can meditate. Ah, you really can. That's what it is. When you worry about something, what are you doing? What happens? When you, let's say you have this big exam coming up and you're worried about it. What do you, what, what does that look like? You stressed. You're stressed? What? Okay. Every thoughts about it. Every thoughts about it. Over and over. I got this, this big test. I got to do this, you know. And, and it just goes over and over and over in your mind, over and over and over again. How many of you have ever been around animals? How many have been for, on a farm? How many have been around cows? What do, what do cows do with their food? It's disgusting, but come on. What do they do? You said, what do cows do? She said, no. <laughs> Who said that? City girl, city girl. What do cows do with their food? They throw it up, and then what happens? They chew it again. They chew it again, and then they what they do? Swallow it again, and then they what they do? Chew it again. They spit it out and chew it again. That's meditating too. It's something that's in your mind that you chew over and over and over and over again. That's meditation. And I was shocked at how many times in Psalms 119 the word meditation came up. The ones I counted, and I may have missed a few, it was seven times that David talks about meditation. How many of you meditate on God's word? How many of you? Seriously. You read something in God's Word, and you can't get it out of your head. You think about it over and over and over again. Or you're like the cow, and you throw it up and you chew on it for a while. Swallow it again, and it comes back up, and you, you chew on it, and you think about it for a while. How many of us do that with God's Word? I'm not a good meditator. You know why? Because I'm hyper. And I've always got to be doing something. That's not a good excuse. Because if we listen to what David says and we meditate on God's word, it's in us. We're thinking about it. We don't forget about it. If we don't meditate on it, it's, we may hear it and it's gone. And we don't think about it. Maybe for another year when somebody brings it up in their class and they're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. You know? But we don't meditate on it. We have to learn to meditate on God's word. The next thing, I know you guys are going to love this one, the, uh, another M word. We memorize God's word. How many of you have memorized verses in the Bible? Good. That's awesome. I love it. I love that. 
What, why, why? Why do we need to memorize it? What's the importance of memorizing God's word? We got it right here in my Bible. Why do I need to memorize it? So what? So we know it. Because we don't always have our Bible on us, right? We don't always have our Bible apps on us, right? And sometimes, sometimes when you're out on a date with that loser that Ashley was talking about, that you know in the back of your mind, I should not be going out with him. That was Robert. I should never <laughs> went out with him. I was a pretty good kid till that. But, we, you know, if I would have memorized more of God's word, and we would have been out on this date, and he starts to do the filling up and all that kind of stuff. Sorry, I don't want to make you guys sick. But whenever that, whenever that, stuff, bad, whenever that stuff came up, and I had memorized God's word, and it went through my brain, and it went through my head, and it went through my heart. And I was like, I can't do this. My body's a temple of God. I can't do this to God. I could have said, can we bow and pray right now? You know, I could have done that. would have stopped everything, right? That would have stopped the move. But girls, we need to have this in our hearts. We need to have it in our minds. That's why we need to memorize it. David, over and over and over again, would say scriptures that he had learned when he was a kid, over and over again, would go through his head, through his mind, through his heart. That's the importance of memorizing it. He says in Psalms 119, verse 11, just one of the verses I picked out, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Why was it in his heart? Why did he memorize it? Because he didn't want to sin against God. Our bodies, is a are, we are the temple of God. He lives within us. If you're a disciple, if you're a Christian, he lives within us. And we need to be serious about meditating, and we need to be serious about memorizing his word. Ashley wanted to talk about mentioning God's yeah, word. Yeah, you, you guys also have to mention God's word. Like, it's got to come out of your mouth. You know, I hear a lot like, oh, you know, like, people just aren't coming around these days. You know, people just don't really want to hear about God's word. They don't really want a relationship with God. And I'm like, man, people didn't really ever want to hear God's truth. You know, this, this, is, nothing, this is nothing new, but really... You know, again, I wonder, do you actually really mention it, though? Do you really speak it enough for people to have a chance to even know if they would like God's truth or not? Or are you just living your everyday life at school just like everybody else? You know, they know you go to church, but they don't really hear God's truth come out of your mouth in situations or in circumstances. You know, you just kind of, you kind of just blend in. Or are we so saturated... In God's truth and his words, like my mom was saying, that it's on our lips. It's on our lips every day. In our classrooms, you know, when, when one side of the room is heading in this direction and it's all getting out of control and maybe they're arguing and bickering about stuff, you have a way, you guys, to insert God's word and truth into situations. You know, you don't got to get up there in front of your classroom and be like, well, you know, in 1 Corinthians 13, it says that, you know, love knows no bounds. And, like, you know, people be like, shut up. You know, but, you know, you can, you can, like, you can get up there and be like, hey, man, like, you know, like, y'all don't need to be acting like this with each other. This doesn't solve anything. It's not the way that, this is not the way that people 
you need to talk to each other. They may still tell you shut up, but there is a way. <laughs> there is a way to insert God's truth in God's in God's words in into big situations and definitely into smaller intimate situations with friendships, with class, you know, in your class and your in your sports teams. You know, if, if you guys are playing like a sport, I was an athlete. If you guys are playing a sport and you don't got, and you're, and you are around, I mean, a team, you're around them a lot, right? You play a sport, you put a lot of work into it, a lot of time into it. If, if you don't see fruit from that and people coming around, and, and I'm, this is not limited to sports, any like curricular thing that you do, I'm just saying that because I've been there. If you don't have fruit from that and people coming around, I don't think for the most part, it's just because people don't want it. I really want you guys to question and search your heart. Are people actually, are you actually speaking it? And are they actually seeing God's word and truth come out of your mouth and backed up by your actions and the way that you live? I'm not saying that sometimes it is, it is hard. You know, they say that if you invite 10 people to cross chat statistically, does anybody know the statistic? If you invite 10 people, how many are going to come? One. One. You want to have one person across, you, you, look, think about that, let that sit. If you want to have 30 people, you know, three people come to cross you, you got to invite 30 people that week. That's a lot of talking. That's a lot of God's word having to come out of your mouth. You know, so I think you guys really need to sit back and you, know, you need to evaluate, is that something, is that something that I'm doing? People that are shallow in God's truth, girls, you guys, if you're shallow in God's truth, you know, you stick to the mindset that God's word isn't powerful enough to do work today. Somehow you think that it's left up to you. It's not left up, it's not left up to you. You can't make people change. You're not going to be the one that gets people to come around. God is, and he tells you that, but you are the voice piece of that. And if you don't know his word and have it written on your heart, that's not going to come out of your mouth or your actions. Psalms 119 says, I speak continually of your laws as I recite out loud your counsel to me. Jeremiah 29, one of my favorite ones, says, But if I say, I will not mention his word or speak any more in his name, his word in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones, I am weary of holding it in, indeed, I cannot. Do you get what he's saying there? And I'm not going to go any more into it, but man, he's going, I know so much of God's truth, so much of God's word. You can't, it literally spills out of me. What spills out of you? What kind of words come out of your mouths? Is it more sarcasm, tearing down of the other girls, frustration, complaining, discontentment, I'm mad at my leader because she got on to me even though she was right? What comes out of your mouth? Or are you so full of God's word and truth, so full of memorizing the word, that when you open your mouth, his word comes out of your mouth? That's something worth asking yourself. And that's, you know, yeah. one of the things, and actually Hattie reminded me of this, if, if your friends know you, they know who you are, mm -hmm. and they know what comes out of your mouth. And one of the things that she reminded me of uh, was Ma Malachi <clears throat> is on the basketball team. And it was really cool. He came home one day, and I think he told Ashley, he said, hey, my friends asked me to pray tonight before uh, the game. Kai gets a lot of crap he for, does. for being a, a Christian. Yeah. I know all you guys for do. So, when, so I sympathize. I do. I've been there. You you know, people bring up cold, this and that. You guys, I'm telling you, when I was in high school, it was bad. Awful. It was awful. 
and it was untrue like it is now, but it was hard. But he gets a, he gets a lot of crap for not compromising. You know, his friends trying to get him to do different things, and he gets down. Like it's really kind of made him frustrated and angry, and he struggled through that. He's not perfect, but I think he's pretty resolved in areas you know where he's just not going to falter. Um, so he was discour- you know, kind of discouraged from the basketball team and just things like that. Um, but he's just, you know, kept plucking through, kept trying to do what God said, talking about it, inviting people to cross yet, no matter what, the, you know, the grief he got for it. And it was just cool. Yeah, one, one game, they, the coach went out, and a few of the guys um, were like, hey, Malachi, would you like, you think you could lead our, our group in a, you think you could lead us in a prayer? And he was like, what? He's like, all right, I'm going to, but don't laugh at me. You know, whatever. So, so he did, and I mean, I, I think it is cool because in spite of, of Malachi's and anyone who knows me and Malachi can butt heads, he is me, I am him. But um, in spite of in spite of that, um, he really has tried to resolve to let God's word, I think, be the standard. And you know, at the end of the day, in his life, and it shows up. You know, it shows up when a team asks you to be the person that leads the prayer. It shows up when. You know, your teammate comes to a retreat with you. And, I mean, he's in you guys' cross chat, but it's, you know, a few regular guys on the team who come, you know, to cross chat now with him. You know, I'm, and, 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 and that should be encouraging to you because, again, he's not perfect. You don't got to be perfect either. Sometimes it's God's work within you. It's just God's work within you in spite of you and his truth. The third thing we have to do is we have to be humble. We have to be humble to embrace God's word. In Psalms 119, and I'm serious about you guys going back and studying Psalms 119 and tearing that apart. That chapter, I went over it for two weeks in my quiet times, and I probably still didn't hit half of it. Like, I went through it over and over and over again. But we have to be humble enough to embrace God's word. It was seven times that I saw it mentioned. In James 121, it says, Accept, Lord, the willing praise of my mouth, and teach me your laws. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept your word planted in you, which can save you. Psalms uh, 119.26 says, I gave an account of my ways and you answered me. Teach me your decrees. Here's the thing, girls. You all are in cell groups, right? You're in discipleship groups. You have women that lead you. If you guys want to grow, if you want to become closer to God, if you want to know God's word better, be humble. Be humble enough to talk to your leaders. Be humble enough to ask the questions. Don't be embarrassed by them. We've all been there. I, I mean, I was a preacher's wife at the age of 18, and the average age of the people in the church that Robert preached at was at the age of 75, I would say. I was embarrassed to not know the answers. I was embarrassed to not know God's word. And the only way I could learn them was to put myself at the feet of some of these older people. To put yourself at the feet of Jenna, of Jess, of Becca, of Ashley. To put yourself there and say, I don't know. Teach me. What am I supposed to be doing? What do I need to know? Teach me. Be humble. Don't be the one that sits there and goes, I know. I know that. You know. Your parent, your leader saying, now, this, you know, the Bible says blah, blah, blah. I know. I know that. Oh, you do? Then why aren't you doing it? Really? You know it? Oh, good. Good for you. Take a bow. You know it, but you're not doing it. You're not living it. We need to be humble enough to accept what our leaders and what God is telling us in his word. Be humble. Did you have the next one or did I? Um, and that just, it, goes into, it goes into the next one. I'm going to wrap it up pretty quick here. But be obedient. 
to apply the Word of God. And she just kind of hit on that, but you guys, you know this. You live in it. We live in a culture that says the Word of God is something that you get to pick and choose from mm -hmm. based on what you feel or your circumstances. You're on TikTok for five seconds. You see that real fast. You know, uh, you know things like, I, I mean, I guess I, what I'm getting at is we need to ask ourselves an honest question. Like, where does my view of God look more like the world than God's Word? You know, the, you, you don't need the body of Christ. You don't need to be in a church to have a relationship with God. Eh, it's not really what God's word says. What are you going to be obedient to? What you want it to be or what it actually says? Well, people should just be able to love who they love. They should be able to love who they love. It's not up to me. I mean, God is love. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we're talking about marriage and the hard, you know, top hot-button topics... That's not what God's word says. That's what people feel. Which one are you going to choose? Which one are you going to be obedient to? I don't need to be accountable to God. Or, you know, I don't need to be accountable. I'm only, I'm only accountable to God. Only God can judge me. Yeah, no. That's, that's not what God's word says. Which one are you going to be obedient to? What you want it to be because it's easier for you? Or the, the other side that's true that is actually going to bring fulfillment and goodness in your life in a culture that is a mess. Why do we give so much into the culture, what the culture thinks anyway? They're a freaking train wreck. Look at Hollywood. We are we're a train wreck society, you guys. You, it doesn't take long at all to see that. Even within the body of Christ, it's hard not to be a train wreck. I am one some days. But outside of it, it's a mess. Why do we sit back and look at culture and go, hmm, I want that? That looks so much more appealing than a whole family that God has given me and a, a dad that's there. And for some of you church kids, yes, yeah, around. you guys got it freaking good, man. You're comfy. You got a dad that's been there every single night, some of you. How many of you guys wish you had a dad that was there every single night? Raise your hand because they need to know. You don't listen to your dad and mom. They just wish one was there. Am I right? Some of you girls? Yeah, that's fair. But some of you guys, but I'm, it's crazy to me because on that end of it, you're going, I want to do what the world says. And the people who've had to grow up in the world, not in the church and their comfort of their homes, they're sitting there going, I'd give anything to have what you have. Yeah. Am I right? Don't go down this road. This brings a lot of, this is hard. And I'm not saying that I was, I'm a church kid. I'm not saying that you don't have your own level of heart. I wasn't even going to go into this. The Holy Spirit told me not. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I know it's hard. I get it. We have different sets of heart. You know what I'm saying? Everybody has different kind of hurt. Hurt is hurt. I'm just saying, open your eyes. Some of you, stop, stop chasing after what the world is sitting here telling you, you know, this is going to be this way. They're a, they're a mess. And the ones who've had to experience the consequences of the world in their day in their day of life are going, why would you want that? I'm trying to get out of it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be obedient to truth. Meanwhile, honestly, I'm going to talk to Winslow here. You're pretty freaking cozy. And your little group of friends and what you guys do and what you guys want and to hell with the rest of the world. Because you don't want, you're, you're too cowardly to speak truth in a culture that needs nothing more than you to be an example of something that's been different and speak truth. And for those of you that raise your hand, 
And you guys stick to what God says. You don't have to repeat broken cycles. We are a church that is full of healing. You guys, if you've been in here for more than five seconds, if you paid attention to one lesson this week, you see that. You are, you are not bound up in the past of your family, your history. God breaks every chain in that manner. But he only breaks it when you're obedient to his truth. What got people to the position that they were in and the hurt that incurred was because someone somewhere along the line decided they were going to be disobedient to what God said. And it broke you guys consequentially. And it shouldn't have. You didn't deserve that. But I'm telling you what, you get a say now. You get a say whether you're going to be obedient or not. And whether you're going to repeat cycles for your children. Or if you're going to stand there and go, I'm done with this. I'm going to be obedient to what God's word says, and I'm just, I'm just going to obey it, even if every inkling inside of me goes, I just want to fit in, <laughs> or I just want to be loved. Or I, We've been there. And it, I, I know it's hard. I know it's hard. It was hard for me, too. It was hard for every leader in this room. We're not just leaders because it was just easy and we got here. You know, we've, we've lived it. You know, so, and, and, it, and for my, my mom, who also grew up a church kid and defied, you know, many of those stereotypes, who's helps, if it wasn't for her being here and be obedient to truth, with, along with my dad, this would never even be a thing. We wouldn't be here. That's the truth. It, it just wouldn't happen. But you guys have to choose to be obedient to God's truth. Um, I'm going to pray. And we're just we're going to end on that because yeah. we got it. We got you. Or do you want to pray? No. Oh, okay. All right. Father in heaven, um, I just want to thank you for this uh, group. Thank you for these girls. God, I see so much life and uh, hope and potential. God, I hope that they, um, that they know that you love them, that we love them, mm-hmm. and that your truth isn't designed to put your thumb down on them, but that it brings them all the good things. Mm-hmm. It brings such a full life in spite of even hard times. It's going to bring... Such blessing, God. Um, thank you for my mom for being an example in that, and thank you for all the leaders here, God. I um, pray for the rest of the weekend that we have a that we have a great time. Jesus, name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.